Wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Good morning. Happy, Happy Wednesday. White Wednesday or uh, White Hat Wednesday. Um, did you say yeah, wine Wednesday? I did. Wine. <laughs> we do have a, a little social gathering. Yeah. Uh, every, uh, uh, we're still visiting Jim's mom and um, <laughs> they have a group of friends that are just like super tight and they try to get together weekly and their little thing is there's a newer hub in the area mm-hmm. and they get together for wine Wednesday. Yeah. And today is wine Wednesday, yeah. but that's not what I said. Oh, I meant white- okay. <laughs> I meant white ad Wednesday. Yeah. White ad um, Wednesday. yeah. So, uh, go ahead and say good morning. And there's um, Shelly in Texas. Yeah, good and, morning. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Shelly, you're just, you know, you're always like a, a really solid, um, listener and I, uh, happy March. Uh, I was, I've been looking through social media and it's the beginning of a new month. It's the first day of March. Uh And, um, most of the dealers out there are like, I think that, um, I watched the podcast coffee guys yesterday and, Mm -hmm. and, um, and Nolan was on it and, and Paxton and, uh, Nolan was talking about how that day was like the day that everything was going, like the last bits of, um, of funding. Yeah, we're going out. So, um, hola, Senor Sanchez. <laughs> hello, hola, Senor Sanchez. Um, so it could be a pretty big weekend, pretty big week for you all out there in uh, in dealer land. Yeah, and, I think this yeah. time of year, I hope our dealers out there are at least two to three times busier than they are outside of tax refund season. Those tax yeah. refunds should be flowing and things yeah. should start to happen. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's been going on for a couple of weeks now, and we hope the the wave continues. So we yeah. know folks are busy. And uh, so I, I was joking around with one of our um, newer clients and this is their first <laughs> buy here, pay here, Black Friday. Uh, <laughs> so we were just kind of talking a little bit about that. It's like, this is a big deal. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, regular retail stores gear up for the thing that mm-hmm. happens the day after Thanksgiving. This tax season is buy here, pay here's Sure. Black Friday. So. And dealers are out yeah. there doing the usual thing, complaining about car prices jumping up in yeah. tax refund season because yeah. there's high demand and it happens yeah. every year. So. Interesting perspectives on that. It's like, well, next year, I, you know, we should know to come March or come November, you're starting to stock up on vehicles because you know it's hard to get them. Yeah. At, so I got a, a couple price. of follow-up things for today. I want to make sure and, and uh, tell everybody, if you've Keep. missed our episode on Monday, I would recommend you yeah. make time in your car to listen to the audio or whatever. We had mm-hmm. uh, Brett Carmichael, Mark uh, Burkholder, outstanding conversation, mm-hmm. really important. They really shared some incredible nuggets with that uh that particular podcast and we had some people i won't say mm-hmm. the names of the dealers but we had some dealers say that you know what that that really stimulated me to make a change in my business mm-hmm. and so it just energizes us to yeah. keep showing up here three times a week yep. and doing what we yep. do and you know if if it did energize you um mm-hmm. please put it on your calendar of uh march 30th that we're doing the the all day long event and this is for dealers only mm-hmm. this is about your business um, and so this is not something that your general manager or, you know, sales manager, anyone, um, this is about your business yeah. and helping it become, uh, stronger and more conveyable and be able to weather the storms that life throws at it. Right. Yeah. This is really very much for the owners. Mm-hmm. This is about helping dealers make, make some pivots and, and, uh, yeah. you know, do some things to strengthen their 
their operation. So well, yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, be and and if you uh, if you haven't gotten your ticket yet um, until March 9th, which is just like a week, it'll be a week ago, a week from Friday, um, that there is a hundred twenty five dollars off the at the the ticket price is 199 so mm -hmm. that's like a really good um good discount so it's 125 dollars off until march 9th so the yeah. 10th is friday but do it it's today okay. and then you want do to worry about it <laughs> 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 i'm then, and it's 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 another one of those things i early bird morning show so the yeah. discount so um, another wanna... one of those things that brent uh carmichael from backstage on he's monday he's just it. laughing i'm like i know it's long it's i long, created it yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, uh, the other uh, mention I wanted to get, we got BHPH United coming up April yeah. 30th through May 2nd. So, and we saw the announcement mm -hmm. that they're going to have some Spanish language I am tracks, so excited about yeah. that. That's really, you know, we've talked just bueno. within what, muy bueno, <laughs> um, just with what we do, um, that, you know, this is, this is one of the things on our roadmap as well as being able to, to have the education pieces in Spanish mm -hmm. also. And I'm so happy and excited yeah. that they are doing that for this it's that that's a really big thing and you know we we uh are huge advocates and fans of like go to the big conferences because yeah. um if you can be there go to the big conferences you're gonna um not only will you get a good education you're gonna be able to to have conversations around a, a lunch table um, uh, over a cocktail, uh, you know, you're uh, especially buy here, pay here United doesn't have a vendors, um, expo. Um, so most of it will just be about, uh, connecting with other dealers. Mm -hmm. Um, like, uh, but when you go to NIADA's June conference, that's one that's like another really important one. If you can make it go, because you're also going to be having the opportunity to see all of the, the, the things that are out there that can help your business be stronger. And so it's a good opportunity to, to, you know, um, attend both of those, Go but, do those in-person yeah. things when you can, when you can't, we're we'll over here delivering some virtual stuff. And if you, you can do both great. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So when, um, uh, we, one more thing I just want, before we bring uh, Brent in, I wanted uh -huh. to make a mention that we've got a, we've got a dealer, one of our clients actually joining us today and look yeah. forward to, uh, adding him to the conversation before we bring Brent in. I want to, uh, uh, just throw a mention that uh, stay tuned at, after we bring Brent Davis in. We want to uh, do a first. We're going to do a white hat kind of tip of the hat to a fellow industry provider. And uh, mm -hmm. so please stay tuned for that. And uh, we're going to share with you uh, kind of who we've designated as a uh, white hat. Before we do that, can we talk for just a second about white hat way? Yeah, just course. for a minute. Yeah. Um, you know, Jim and I are, we're, <laughs> those of you guys who listen and pay attention, we're always building and creating and doing things and all the stuff that we do has been on our roadmap for years. Um, and we're just like, we're moving forward. We're plowing, we're moving forward. It's like, we've got moment, you know, momentum in what we're doing. We're just continuing to move forward. And we, um, you know, we were having a conversation last night about white hat way and, and, it's we, we we just really got clear about um the why for every single thing that we have created or that we have on our roadmap ties to white hat way yeah. every single thing does um nation television the morning show the institute um our coaching all of the stuff points to white hat way which and white hat way is about um i'm gonna actually throw the the thingy on okay. where's the there thing uh, yeah there it is um 
It's about authenticity, fairness, consistency, kindness, honesty, compassion, empathy. Um, I'm Character. reading too fast. Yeah. Character, <laughs> transparency, goodwill, generosity, humility. Um, these are things that the White Hat way is 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 there to help dealers emulate those things so that the consumer can have a better experience and be more successful. And yeah. everything we do, I just want, you know, uh, the, everyone out there in listener land, everything we do points to that. Yeah. Everything we do. That is when you look at uh, Simon Sinek's golden circle, that that's is our, our why. Yeah, that's that our is purpose. Our that's us to do what mm -hmm. we do and and uh you know we just right now we just enjoy shining a spotlight on those who kind of share those yeah uh, that outlook i guess mm -hmm. and that approach and so we're we're happy yeah. to do that that's what white hand wednesday is all about you're gonna yeah. bring in brent davis now? i'm gonna bring in brent davis nice hello brent good morning how hey. are you he, i'm doing fantastic how are you yeah, great. Great. great so this great is a uh, first time to get brent davis on the show and brent um, I'm going to let you tell a little bit about your background, especially as it relates to, you know, your roles as CFO. Uh, Brent, Brent knows numbers. Yeah, Brent knows Brent numbers, numbers. And, and financial management. And mm -hmm. he identified buy here, payers an opportunity, reached out to us, became a, a client. And we're now some months into an engagement with him, helping him get a, a dealership started in, in North Central Florida. And so he's um, he's just somebody who's been through the thing of, you know, cash flow modeling, figuring out how much capital it's going to take and, and kind of identifying how to, to, or identify the different buckets and ways to get from here to there. So that's why I reached out to Brent and said, Hey, why don't you join us on this mm -hmm. conversation around capital? Because you've just kind of lived it. You've seen how this thing works and what, what kind of capital it requires. So first, maybe Brent, tell, tell our listeners a little bit about your background as a, as a CFO and, and maybe just share kind of where, how you came to see buy here, pay here as something you wanted to invest in. Uh, sure. So uh, was, it was, uh, it's been a long and winding road, uh -huh. but summarily uh, spent about 12 years in working for public and trading companies in their accounting departments doing operational accounting. Um, obviously in those companies through, doing mergers and acquisitions. There's a lot of um, activity around borrowing money and getting money and uh, arguing with bankers <laughs> to get money. Um, I left there and actually became a CFO for a global manufacturing company for a few years, which was the same thing. You know, privately held companies you know, require capital to try and grow and expand. Um, so I did that for a while and then uh, got into just buying small businesses for myself a couple of years ago. And just through some networking and relationships and some people I know, I identified, um, you know, buy here, pay here is a really fantastic investment. Um, if you can make it from, as you know, well know, Jim, from startup to sort of having enough contracts to cover your business. Right. Um, it's a wonderful return on your investment, uh, provided you make it, which I guess is like that for everything, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, um, and we know that in this business, it is, it's fairly capital intensive. Obviously that's true of mm -hmm. other segments, but for sure. you know, you, you had a kind of an exaggerated thing that we see that's always been a frustration for me about what it costs dealers to get their license hung before they can ever really start conducting business. So, you know, you had delays at the city level. Mm -hmm. I think the state moved fairly quickly for in your case, but, but, Basically, it always frustrates me that, you know, we can't get a license until we've, you know, actually secured a location and signage and all the stuff. And so you have all these expenses on the front end, just getting open if you're a brand new operation. 
Correct. And then you have this negative cash flow period. Even when you do get open and start creating contracts, you know, your cash is going to get eaten up mostly in, uh, you know, the overhead associated with those first several months. Um, just, you know, so you don't mind so much. Am I right to say as a CFO that you agree with me that you don't mind so much putting the dollars into the contracts that are earning assets. It's that other money that doesn't come back. That's painful. It, it is. It, it absolutely is. Um, and obviously, even just to get started, before you get started, you have to have inventory, right? So you, um, so you have to have enough capital or get capital to buy your initial vehicles to put on the lot. Uh, but yeah, and for me, I may, I'll, I'll share the mistake. I don't know if you call it a mistake or not, but I actually hired people and um, had them on salary, had a location. Um, and we, yeah, we couldn't, we, I went to war with the city for three months to get open. And so I'm still paying people and paying rent and paying power. And so yeah, it was, it's most definitely a drain for sure. Yeah. And those are non, and it's a, those are expenses that suck costs. It's money I'm not getting back, so to speak. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I always say, you know, it's kind of like we, we fund a customer who's supposed to be a high risk customer in, in our industry, just generally speaking, you know, every 10 customers you fund, you know, three of them, may not pay you back. Right. And so, uh, so that's kind of the, the way All I the think way. about that. Yeah. yeah. But, but we know that when we write the check to the utility company or to our landlord for rent, we know that money's not coming back. So that's why I always try to make sure people understand that sometimes the, the risk in this business is, is lurking, you know, in other areas besides those portfolios, you know, of customers. Mm-hmm. And so I just think it's, it's important thing to think about. And so Brent, for today, I, I kind of wanted to recap, we're not going to name names of providers here, but I just want to kind of talk about the ways to fund. Well, know, can I can I take you back just a little bit? I know one of the exercises that we did with you was the cash flow modeling and forecasting. And so, you know, we sat down and, you know, first thing, Brent, I want to ask you about with that cash flow modeling and forecasting, were you prepared for the numbers that that you were given? Like, this is what it's going to take for you to be able to cover your overhead. This is what it's going to take for you to be able to cover your um, your day-to-day operations with your cars and replacing cars. Were you prepared for that kind of a number? You mean, was it bigger than I thought it was going to be? Yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> it absolutely was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because we, you know, we, uh, I, I, you know, we know where I live, we, we know all the other buy here, pay here deals in the area. You know, it's, it's a very much a sort of a, um, like a fraternity and sorority, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, they make it sound like they're making their money pretty much up front with the down payment and covering their cost of their cars. And that was just not my experience of the cash flow bottling whatsoever. It was, um, yeah, the number was bigger than I thought and the profitability was further out than I initially thought. Yeah. It's That's not funny. bad or good. It's just, it was just different than I had expected going in. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I was going in with no information. Very yeah. And so you, what you had to do is go, all right, this is what cash I have and I'm yep. going to need this much to get to here. Correct. So where am I going to get it? Exactly. hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And as a CFO with, you know, formerly a global company, you're used to doing financial modeling and projections and all those kind of things. You were, you were as good as anybody I've worked with in terms of working the numbers and, you know, being able to take the numbers and, and right. run with them. I just think one thing that's challenging in our space is, is to try to predict the cash flow, the portfolio size and the resulting cash flow off of that, um, you know, for months out. And so we've kind of discovered some ways that are as reliable as, as we can come up with, but it's, it's still challenging for people that are new to it to figure out, first of all, how much money will I need? And then, you know, for today, it's like, where can I source the money? Like who are the providers that 
you know, what are the buckets of money that are out there? So Mm -hmm. they fall into, you know, some different categories for me. And, you know, one of the ones we've been doing recently, and we're currently working with probably what five dealers, Michelle, that are seeking money at some stage of development. Uh, Well, yeah. Not all of them brand new. Not all of them brand new, but even if, you know, we, this is a challenge for a lot of dealers that, that, are new or that haven't really had a lot of, um, they've been doing it on the side for a while, but they don't have very many contracts or, you know, ones that it's just like, they really slowed down and now they're trying to kind of build up and, and it's, it's, it's a real, it's, it's a real challenge for all of them. And Um, I think Brent, you'll appreciate this. I'm sure I shared with you when we started talking about this business, I Mm -hmm. always say that there, there are two types of structure that I view as, you know, kind of the, the primary drivers in our industry, if we can, if we can get these formulas right on these two types of structure, then we, we mitigate a lot of the risk that is buy here, payer. One of those is going to be the, the actual loan structure to the consumer, like how we underwrite and structure that deal for the consumer mm-hmm. that we finance. And then the other one would be the, the capitalization structure. Like how do we introduce capital into our business? Like at what ratios and, and when does it make sense and what can we afford to pay for it? You know, those are things that I think are things that we see that if we can get a formula right on that, then buy here, pay here can be a wonderful business. If you can find the right funding partner, but it's just challenging in the early stages to find those partners. Obviously the money's expensive. And I wanted to kind of break that down a little bit with you today, because, you know, when I think about, when I look at it from my perspective and I see these providers in the space, you know, some of them, some of them will provide funding at a very early stage. Uh, very few, by the way, will fund a brand spanking new dealer. They're just not a when, lot of Okay. So define very early stage. Okay. So, let's just say brand new. I just opened I don't have any contracts at all. I haven't financed my first customer. So having that, you're either looking at a point of sale solution. You're either, you're either working with a, a third party indirect lender. Who's going to fund the deal the moment that but, you sell it. And there probably are quite a few more hurdles to get over to do that. If you're brand, brand new, than if they can say, Oh, you do this and this yeah. is so we can step in and help you. Yeah. And but so, yeah. you know, profitability on those varies how much advance you would get mm-hmm. in this, in a kind of a third party indirect solution. Those things vary. Um, you know, there's some major players out there that have been around for decades that provide mm-hmm. funding, you know, kind of point of sale for, dealers who don't have the capital to fund these themselves. So there's another thing we have to figure out is, you know, there are also Brent providers out there who buy paper in bulk and some of them will buy as few as five contracts at a time. But if you're a brand new dealer, you would have to have the cash to fund those first five, send the contracts over, Mm -hmm. let them do their quick due diligence. And then you'd get funded on those at some number, you know, within three business Mm -hmm. days or something. So that exists, but it's still, dealer still has to have the funds to get from here to there. And then there's also the question of, is that the right strategy for the dealer to let somebody else enjoy the profit, you know, from that, from that sale, you know, they, they obviously Mm -hmm. buy that paper for a reason. And so that's another thing that we run into is, you know, bulk, you can sell the paper in bulk and there are people out there that do that. It's just a question of does the dealer, and, and I should say that Michelle and I work mostly with people who are going to self uh, fund. fund and to self well or use some other funding but they're going to they're going to own and service their own portfolio it's going to be on their balance sheet and they're going to service the contract and that was i you know i remember when we first started that it was very quickly brent when we were talking with you it's like uh are you interested in this it's like nope are you interested in this it's like nope yeah no I, I, you talk about the solutions yes yeah, funding solution yeah well that that goes back to what you talked about about strategy i'm 
I'm trying to do everything I can to not have other people collect my accounts for me. Um, I'm very, I feel I'm stridently for uh, keeping my own paper and keeping my relationships with the customers. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. That's just my personal <laughs> desire and approach for our business. And that, that really limits the avail availability of funds trying to do that. So can I just ask you about that for a minute? Like for sure. that strategy, you said it's right for you. And we know that doesn't mean it's, it's right for everybody, but what is it that makes you um, commit to building that portfolio? That's a great question. Um, it's, it's not a scientific it's funny, given my background, it's not a scientific answer. I just think about myself as a consumer um, and how angry I got when my mortgage company sold my mortgage when they told me they weren't going to, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and we, our dealership is trying. We're, we want to really try to be sort of a very hyper-local, um, hyper-customer service, um, hyper-engaged dealership in relationship to our customers, which we have done. Mm -hmm. um, and like for us, a, a lot of our business now is from referrals from other customers because of that customer service and because of that level of engagement. Um, and we go above and beyond to help the customers that we have. Um, mm -hmm. And so I feel like then farming that contract out to somebody else for them to collect on, I don't know how they're going to talk to the customer. I don't know what methods they're going to be going through to collect the dollars from those customers. Yeah. And so I'm just disinclined to turn over my relationship to a third party. That, wow. I'm not in, that I'm not in control over. I am so glad I asked. We talked about that a while <laughs> back, and I, I just, I think that is, um, that's yeah. interesting because, the, you know, there's a lot of mathematics behind this, and we would have covered that math, you know, way back at the beginning. And so financially, yes. there, there's an argument made there too, but what I'm hearing Absolutely. is motivation was really that whole customer. And if, if our friend Tommy Brandis at Eler in Pennsylvania is listening this morning, like he's very much about this whole relationship thing. I know, mm -hmm. you know, we've Gordy had those conversations too. with Gordy Tormola yeah. and the, the president elected in IEDA, mm -hmm. like he's very much customer yeah. relationship driven. Yeah, yeah. It's about that relationship. And so this is the thing that we find that it's hard to help dealers who are new to it understand. And I would tell you, Brent, that, you know, if we have the same conversation in a year from now, you will only better appreciate the value of having that nature of relationship mm -hmm. with your customer, just because you're going to see as you service these contracts, you know, in the coming months is that having that relationship is going to help you navigate some difficult stuff. And, uh, you know, it's nature. Just think about our own professional and personal relationships. You know, you just, you, you have difficult stuff come up and because there's some level of equity in the relationship, as Michelle and I call it, it's mm -hmm. like now that helps you kind of get past it. And so that's kind of why we think it's, it's a hard thing to measure, but it's a very real thing in our segment. And so it's something we, we want to be watchful about. Now there's costs associated with maintaining that relationship, mm -hmm. right? I mean, well, so I was, yeah, was going to say, having said what I just said, I, up to this point, I've been fortunate enough that I have not been required to make that choice either. I, okay. I can, I can clearly see uh, for a lot of early dealers, how there's not many options. They may have to do that. Yeah. And so, yeah. but, but it, it might just be a bridge thing if they end up having yeah. to do that, just to get to the for point sure. and start for to sure, do yeah. that. Yeah. Right. right. We would, we, I know personally, we would encourage dealers to, if you need to step into those, into some of the different funding options, try to do it just as a bridge to get you to the point where you can do it yourself. Yeah. And I might just recount for those who are listening who aren't familiar with these capital solutions out there. I would just say that, you know, we kind of see these different buckets. You're going to have, like I already mentioned, the, the bulk buyers. I, you know, there are people who do payment stream advances. So, you know, without getting into details on that, it's a, it's a 
some funding against the upcoming payments. And, uh, and it's often kind of, I would call it supplemental funding. It's not typically enough to, to break out of the cost of the car, but it's supplemental and, and can be a solution for many. Some of those uh, providers in that space uh, require that they collect the payments. Others don't. Mm-hmm. Um, some are regional. And so this is where we start to run yeah. into, you know, gaps. Uh, as we kind of traverse the landscape. So let's talk, you know, you've been in this this world of like, okay, so I, I'm going to need to have outside sources of capital to be able to help me get to these benchmarks. So let's kind of talk about some of the the challenges that you've been faced with, with being being new in the space. What challenges have you been having when you're having the conversations with different capital providers? What are the things that it's like, yeah, hmm, this is this is a problem? Sure. Uh, well, the, the major thing has certainly been, look, the, the reality is the buy here, pay here business is considered subprime, right? right? And so that is considered riskier business yeah. mm-hmm. um, as opposed to many others, not most other sort of businesses. So there is a disinclination right off the bat to sort of get involved in, you know, from a, from a banking point of view, there's a disinclination for them to get involved in sort of what they consider subprime or riskier right. um, business. Uh, they don't really want to loan money out for the people, uh, ostensibly the people that we're loaning money to on the cars. Mm-hmm. And that's that's obviously that's the pushback for ninety five percent of you know gosh ninety eight percent of people I've talked to, and I've talked to a bunch, um, and that is obvious. That's clearly the common, that's the common thing, is the riskiness of it. Yeah, I you know I heard many years ago, Brent, way back in before my car business days, like I heard people say that banks don't like giving money to banks. Like they typically don't like to loan to people that are loaning money. And they certainly probably in our case, don't want to loan money to folks who are turning around loaning it to people. People they wouldn't credit. loan. Right? <laughs> yeah. So that's what right. That's right. On its, on its face. That's just uh-huh. not, that's problematic for them. And I got to say, I, I love many of my banker financial mm-hmm. sector friends. I, I can tell you, Brent, you probably run into this. I, I find that when I meet with uh, bankers, no offense to any of my banker friends listening is that I find that when I meet with them, many of them, when, when we recount the opportunity, they start with all the reasons that can't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you start with, so I, instead of, you know, for us as I hear payer people, we're always looking for every reason to, to do, do business. Yeah. And so for them, they're coming at it from, here's all yeah. the reasons that I don't think it might work. Yeah. You know? So, so it sounds like, you know, you've talked to a lot of the banks and things, and we've also, you know, we know that you've talked to people that are, that have an appetite for that, for the, this kind of paper, what are some of the challenges and things that you've been experiencing to be able to get to a point where they're willing to fund? Okay, sure. Well, let me, well, first, let me say there are some, you know, there are plenty of avenues in banks that will sort of fund on AR, which is basically what we have. We have a portfolio of accounts receivable. Um, However, that line of business usually is for quicker turnaround of the AR. And our AR is obviously going to be collected over however long the term you know is, two years, three years, four years, whatever it is. Uh, they're looking more to like, they call it factoring on like three months or something like that. So there, there are is some AR solutions out there, but not really for these long-term notes like that we have, or at least they, mm-hmm. they, they haven't wanted to do it with me at least. Um, to answer your question, Michelle, sort of the more, if you want to call them the, the, the industry providers, so to speak, they're really looking for people who have been business for, for a lot longer and have what they call seasoned AR. So you're looking at 18 months or two years of contracts. Right. Um, and it makes sense from their point of view because they want to make sure that um, 
they are underwriting you, the dealer, for someone who has been in business, who knows what they're doing, who has a history of performance. So they're not going to loan you money, and then you're going <laughs> to, you know, have a bunch of bad contracts and go out of business, and they get stuck with it. So it makes sense why they do it. But again, from my point of view, as I've been in business four months, um, it's it, it's hard to get to that 18 month, you know, or million dollar AR sort of levels that they put on. I mean, that's really difficult to get to um, oh, sure. for a new dealer. And so yeah. you, when you've, when you've had that come up, it's like the, when you ask the reason behind it, you're like, you said, is this, is you just want to know that you can do it. Is that. What, what do you mean? That why, why they want to wait till I get yeah, to the, yeah. those numbers? Yeah. It's a, because they are, you know, they're essentially, they're loaning you money. Um, mm -hmm. They're obviously interested that you're going to pay it back, right? Mm -hmm. And the for our business, the best predictor of future performance is usually historical performance. Right. So they want to be able to see that, yes, this dealership can sell contracts. Yes, they can get the margin they require. Yes, they can collect. Yes, they're giving out uh, contracts that are going to perform over a long period of time. Therefore, that dealer can pay me back, right? Yeah. Um, and so if you don't have that history, I think that's, I'm just speculating here. Oh, I think they don't have a level of trust that you're a good bet. That's just, good that's, point. that's my, that's my speculation. They yeah. have not said that to me, but that makes sense. That's what I would think if I were them. Well, I think you're representing kind of from a borrower's perspective, you know, very well, what, what makes sense. I mean, this is the nature of lending to begin with. And then yeah. in our high risk space, or at least I'll call it a perceived high risk space, then, uh, you know, that's part of what happens there. But I, I threw in that perceived because it's been my experience, Brent, that these portfolios perform very much more consistently than what most lenders might expect. Now, again, mm -hmm. they don't know that until they see the history, right? But, but we just, it's been my observation that a well-managed portfolio, you know, management being the key word there, uh, it, you know, can perform very consistently. And so the, the cash yield off the portfolio can be quite predictable. It's just, we got to get, uh, capital providers or it could be private investors. You got to get them mm -hmm. comfortable with that, that, uh, rate well, of, capital, yeah, you know? we have those conversations quite frequently with private providers too. For yeah. sure. And I will tell you that, and I, I'll give you a lot of props, Jim, cause you know, you, you helped me with my cash flow modeling for the buy here, pay here. And, um, only four months in, but our modeling has been pretty much spot on in terms of how it would perform. But, but two things, one, there's, uh, uh, there's variables in there. I mean, you, Oh, sure. Before, before you start, you don't know. I, I'm going to, you know, make a variable. I'm going to sell X cars per month. Well, you obviously don't necessarily know if it's going to be that or not. Or uh, for us, we modeled that we're going to get X, you know, amount of commission, you know, gross margin on the uh, on the car. And in our market, well, I kind of had to squinch that down a little bit because we couldn't quite get up there to compete. Mm -hmm. um, but, but even so that, so, but otherwise it's really performed really well. And I've taken that to bank and I've talked to honestly 40 banks. I bet you I've talked to 40 providers about this business yeah. and I've even presented them with the detailed cash flow. They're like, Oh yeah, this is great. This is great. Call me back in a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's funny. Not funny. Yeah. Or Hey, Hey, yeah. Oh wow. This is great. But call me back when you have $800,000 at AR. And it's like, yeah. well, okay. If I'm still around, sure. I will. <laughs> yeah. No, true. That's exactly the, you've defined the problem quite well because they just don't have appetite for it until there's some history there. So we have to, have solutions to bridge the gap. I was going to say, what's the, what are the solutions? Yeah, then? that's that's yeah. these other funding partners. More recently, we've been working with a number of, of clients on making it make sense for private partner. Like if they have um, 
if they have friends or family in their circle, then we can sometimes play a role in, in helping, you know, introduce the concept of a private investment, how it could work for both parties. And so, you know, we, we think it's a great space to be invested in privately, you know, for, for folks out there looking for a little bit of return. So, as long as you structure it well. Yeah, it's all about the structure. We covered <laughs> yeah. that in a prior yeah. episode, Brent. But it's like, yeah, I think getting the structure and the balance right is really important and it can be you know, a win for everybody, but we just gotta, we gotta help, you know, there's some education obviously involved. Mm -hmm. We gotta help educate the parties and, and um, you need to have some sort of, you know, third party oversight, whether that's us or somebody mm -hmm. else, somebody needs to kind of be keeping an eye on the thing for both the, the, the lender in this case, and the borrower or investor, whatever that looks like, you know? So that's part of it. I just think there's, we probably for today have, uh, have covered enough. Like I think you helped identify the challenge and, and the fact that you've been out there shopping money. I knew that you'd, You'd spoken to a lot and I knew you were coming from a, mm -hmm. a CFO's perspective, which would be useful for a lot of our listeners is like mm -hmm. just understanding that space and kind of how money works and kind of what the obstacles can be. And we're working on it. You know, we're trying to solutions. figure out how to yeah. like create solutions to yeah. some of those problems. And uh, yeah. problem. I'll, I'll offer one thing up, Jim. I know I told you yesterday, I don't know if I should say this or not, but, but the one potential success I think I may have had is, um, in my opinion, you can't go to larger banks who have a large footprint because they're so corporatized. They have all these, you know, right. risk management rules are in place for a reason. I appreciate where they're coming from, but your local bank, and I mean like your local bank that's got like two branches, mm -hmm. um, you can do some searches, banks that have less than $500 million assets under management, which sounds like a lot of money, but to a bank, that's like nothing. That's like a grain of sand. Um, contacting them, you'll be dealing directly with the lender and they at least will talk to you and they're receptive to it because their job is to invest locally That's yeah what they do. that is what their commercial lending is um i think there may be some potential opportunity for success there i'm not putting my name behind it but that's not yeah. that it could be oh, it could be available that's for really good that's true yeah. we we definitely uh we, we know that that's um, an opportunity and, and yeah, they've got a lot more flexibility at the local mm -hmm. level and they have that added incentive to, to kind of stimulate their, their local folks. So yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense, but yeah, I think uh, we could spend all day talking about this thing. I think we, we should let you get back to work. I appreciate you making yeah. time. I can tell you're at the dealership. tax refund season. And so we appreciate busy, it. Busy. I got, we got two customers on the lot right now. So yeah. Oh, go. Right on. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Hey Brent, thanks Thank so, so much. much for joining. Right. And would you My tell pleasure. them their hello and um, just have a great day. And, and I think that we're supposed to be chatting with you later today if it works. Okay. Anyway, awesome. So, Thank right. you guys. Talk to you guys later. Thanks. Yeah. Bye. Bye. -bye. Okay. He yeah. He was able to add exactly the part that yeah. I hoped would uh, um, he'd be able to identify. And I, yeah. And it's, 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 I think um, for all of those out there that are looking to grow, that are reaching those, those roadblocks to getting funding to be able to have someone that he understands money. He understands money deeply because of all, you know, with banking and all of the things. And so asking the right questions, going the right route, um, talking to the right people, and also uh, having a like this, this is my plan. This mm -hmm. is, this is what the financing looks like. Um, you know, so I, like, like Brent said, is when he's, when we did the cash flow modeling and forecasting, um, you know, that he was able to take those, that, that 
forecasting and say, this is where I'm going. And, and it's kind of cool though. I, I really appreciate it. Cause I haven't asked him like, you know, where are you at with where you, where we planned and, and he's so numbers driven. He's like, we're right on track with, with what we had talked yeah. about. So that's, that's cool. And I think that, you know, since he has the plan, it's, it all kind of come to me boils down to, are you keeping really, really, really good numbers from the beginning? Yeah. Because if you're tracking all the stuff and you're, you know, you're really, really watching that, that's the kind of stuff if you've got great financials and you know you're you're six months in and you've got really solid financials Mm -hmm. that actually strengthens your case and if i came to you as a dealer borrower and i'm the lender or a private investor i want you to know your numbers i'm going to count on you to know your numbers if you don't know your own numbers it's probably not a deal there and sometimes a local bank will will lean in just because of relationships you know, they might have had a relationship with you or your family for quite a while or whatever, but, you know, not everyone has that luxury of yeah. having, you know, a bank that's known the family for four generations and, yeah. and you know, they love you and they're willing to, to lean in. So yeah, really good, really and, good stuff. And listen, we're running long today. Yeah. I do still want to put in that mention for um, our kind of t- white hat tip. Yes. Quickly, before I do that, I yeah. want to make sure to wrap up the thing with Brent. I, I recognize it. You know, Brent's situation, he does not live in the same state. You know, his dealerships in Florida, he's not live in Florida. So he was an example of somebody who wanted to run an absentee business from the start. Now, mm-hmm. also to that end, he's at the dealership today okay. because he's in there learning the stuff. He wants to make sure he knows all the ins and outs <laughs> yeah. of how the thing works. And so, yeah. you know, that's part of what, you know, we obviously talked about on our prod, our our Monday episode. Mm-hmm. So it kind of ties back to what we said there. And then Brent will also be a part of our, our conversation. It sounded like on the March 30th event. Yes. So we look forward to him adding his perspective. Yeah, Again, there on-, on that one, um, uh, early bird, where did it go? Discount code. Early bird morning show. If you go to bhphnationtv.com, you're going to be able to register Right, right, right there. Yeah, if you right go there. here, yeah. you're going to find the registration links. Yeah. So, and the, 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 uh, the code for that is early bird morning show. And it's just got about a week left, mm-hmm. um, on that one. We so, promise you'll yeah. hear things that you don't hear much um, <laughs> anyplace else. So we're yeah. trying to bring that information yeah. to you. Yeah. It's going to be great. I so, really appreciated the, um, yeah, on Monday when Mark, uh, Burkholder was like, if yeah. this is what you're planning on doing, yeah. then, then come and I, that, that was really sweet. So just, I, I want to take a minute to, uh, we talked about this, we've not done mm-hmm. this before and we, you know, we've tried to spotlight dealers out there, uh, with White Hat Wednesday, obviously we've done some things mm-hmm. with an IEDA and we just wanted to take a moment today to spotlight somebody that we've feel like embodies mm-hmm. what we Throw uh, this think of as there. the White Hat way. And so when, when we think about for dealers, what does it mean to be a white hat dealer? Well, we're trying to help people understand what that looks like for us and why we chose the white hat emblem and kind of what it stands for and what it represents for us and what Mm -hmm. we hope that dealers out there will embody. And many do. And that's why Mm -hmm. we brought them to the show. And so for today, we really just wanted to spotlight NCM Associates Mm -hmm. as as a firm that I have known for 20 years. I told Michelle, I first met them when I was a director of training consulting with a small company back in Florida. They came to our offices to kind of introduce their new 20 group moderator for buy here, pay here. And so I've known them for 20 years uh, within a year or two, I was invited to come out and speak to their mm-hmm. moderator group. And so went to Kansas city and got to know many of their people there. And while that their personnel has changed over the years, their commitment to what they do has remained the same. They are, they are very much, you know, 
dealer driven, although they have other 20, they started the 20 group process in 1947. I mm-hmm. think is what the, what the, the year is. So they've been doing it for a very long time. They have since started to do it for RV groups and things that are not Motorcycles, automotive. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. And so they, they also do that. So buy here, pay here is a very small slice of that. They have a super, um, talented and widely respected moderator in Brent Carmichael, who's been and a other moderators. Too, have others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know of any others doing buy your pay with them, but the point is they're, they're a very prestigious firm is the word I've always mm-hmm. used with them. Anybody talks to me about them. I say, you know, you, you, I would recommend before you join 20 group, you talk to NCM because they're one of the and, most prestigious, yeah. most um, stalwart kind of firms I've uh-huh. ever been associated with. They're, I did confirm, by the way, they're a hundred percent employee owned and they're just very, very consistently out there. And they're also like, we pride ourselves in being, they're very agnostic. And so the, and also something, Michelle, I've seen Brent Carmichael come for years to the, whether it was NABD, NIADA mm-hmm. conferences, and he comes and shares generously yes. the knowledge that they accumulate over there yeah. and uh, for the benefit of dealers. And, and, so, and I would like to say, you know, we, we really have it. We've appreciated everything that we've been, um, that they've stepped in to help or to contribute or whatever uh, with what we're doing. And they're a private company. And that's one of the reasons why we wanted to like tip of the hat. Um, uh, because as a private company, as a for-profit company that is that is uh, that is um, employee-owned, you know that that's it's that they really are. They have their their why on the front page of their of their website, mm-hmm. and you know we've had conversations with Brent where it's like if we can't help them, we'll send them to all of the you know like this is where you need to go. Or if we help them to a certain point and we can't help them anymore, then we're going to say go go here, go here, go here, and go do the things without, and 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 they they will just give you the list of the things of the places to go and um for a for-profit company and and we really appreciate like and niada now is um they are a nonprofit and they're one of the big ones out there that are helping um with their dealer 20 groups as well um for us primarily we are advocates of 20 groups and we just wanted to give a nod to N- to ncm because they as a vendor as a for-profit company they really emulate some beautiful things yeah and, and, and they have some other solutions besides yeah. just 20 groups and i would just say on their website when you land their page the most prominent message is helping each other succeed every day like that's the that's message they choose why. for their website so that's kind yeah. of that's where their purpose kind of aligns with mm-hmm. you know they're they're really about dealers they're about their dealer clients and uh, you know in, in that case 20 group members you know is primarily what they do mm-hmm. but i just think what we wanted to spotlight them because we see what they do we we know they're they're a highly respected very trustworthy firm and we just want to make sure give them a shout out today and so that's what that was all about and tip of the hat and yeah and so and brent carmichael that includes you obviously we appreciate all your generosity we just like brent doesn't get a nickel for all the stuff he shows up and contributes to everything we do and so that's just an example of you know they're they're very much about giving and and so we just like that and we wanted to tip a hat all right so um end of the wednesday white hat wednesday broadcast we uh um, like I said, uh, 
when I watch that coffee guy thing, everybody's got their money. So get out there and, and greet people with a smile and, and let's, you know, help people get into a vehicle that they need and um, have a really, really beautiful day. And we know that Friday is going to be a busy day for you as well, because we're just about ready to head into a weekend. And, and Friday, um, Jeremy Beck joins us from yes. NIADA. And so we're excited to have him yes. here. There's a lot of stuff going on at NIADA. Yeah. So we're, we're looking forward to catching up with him. Absolutely. So, all right, guys, have yourself a great rest of your day. We are uh, grateful that you joined us and we will see you guys on Friday. Thanks again.